Do you long for deeper intimacy with God? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us how to build our relationship with Him. Let's join the Brookwood Care Pastors in this series, When You Pray. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Care Ministries Podcast. My name is Josh Masters. I'm the Associate Care Pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with two other fine gentlemen, uh, Doug Wildman. What do you do here? I am the <laughs> Counseling and Marriage Pastor. You are the Counseling what and Marriage do? Pastor. Yes, I am. And we're here with Gene Beckner, who is our Care Pastor, our Fearless Leader. Good morning, Gene. Uh, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Oh, it is that afternoon. Yeah. That's yes. Right. Yeah. Today is Gene's birthday in real time, oh, so we say happy birthday to Gene. Thank you. By the time this airs, it will not be his birthday, but we still hope you have a great day when it's well, thank you. when this comes out. It's been good so far. So we are on our sixth and final episode of our podcast series on prayer called When You Pray, and we're going to wrap this up today, and then we'll talk a little bit about where we're going from here. But what we've been doing is looking at God's teaching, or Jesus's teaching, of how to pray, and that includes the Lord's Prayer, but we went before the prayer and after the prayer. So we started in Matthew 6 on verse 5, and we talked about the the information leading up to that, and then we looked at the Lord's Prayer itself. Last week, we finished up the prayer talking about uh, not yielding to temptation, and we had the week before talked about forgiveness that he talks about right after that. So that leads us down to verse 16. The prayer is over. The Lord's Prayer is over. The model for prayer has been done. Jesus recaps what forgiveness is about, and then he sort of finishes this little section before he moves into a teaching on money by saying this, verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that this is the only reward they will get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And so we thought it was important to keep going and discuss this section because it is evident from Scripture, both here and elsewhere, that there is an expectation of fasting that is connected mm-hmm. to prayer. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple places in the gospel where Jesus refers to fasting. And, and many times when Jesus talks about fasting, he uses this phrase, when you fast, which means that there's an expectation, there's an understanding that you will be fasting. It doesn't say if you fast, just like it doesn't say if you pray, when you pray and when you fast. And then throughout the Gospels, there are different expectations or, or descriptions of what fasting looks like. But overall, we would say fasting is about drawing yourself closer to God. It's about self-denial, mm-hmm. and it's always in Scripture referred to as uh, fasting food. I know that we talk about different types of fasting, maybe fasting from media, fasting from television, fasting from Facebook, and those are all good things, especially if they're taking priority over God. But biblical fasting really is about food, and we're going to talk more about that because it is an expectation that Jesus had, that part of our Christian walk was going to be 
about fasting so that we can connect with the Father, depend on the Father, rely on the Father, rather than our own daily living. But before we do that, we want to go back to the beginning of uh, the prayer and Jesus' teaching on prayer and sort of recap since we've gone through it, like what stood out to us as we were studying it for this podcast. So Doug, what, what stuck out to you? The, the part that uh, stood out to me the most is when uh, Jesus was instructing us to pray, and he basically said, um, you know, pray like this. Um, pray that um, all of your needs would be met. Um, make that part of your prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when people come in for counseling, a lot of the time they have uh, expectations that are unrealistic. And um, they get those expectations from a lot of different places. Um, but sometimes it's, um, it's more of a want or it's more of a, a luxury, and they've been told that it's a need. Mm. And that that need then, when it's not met, um, leads to despair. And so um, as I was kind of thinking about that a little bit more, you know, I, I think Paul said it really well. He said, um, this is uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 13. He said, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned that in whatever situation I am to be, I am content. Um, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. Um, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm. Um, so I don't know, as I was thinking about you know, providing for us our daily needs, I, that, that's kind of what came to my mind. Um, sometimes our needs are not what really are needs. Right. Um, and so um, we need to be in a place where we are yielded to God in such a way that he is the, he's the, the master of the ship. He's the one that's steering where we go. And to be in that, that sort of submission to him, um, taking our cues from, from his leading, I think is the, is the takeaway that I had from that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that verse that you just quoted, that passage, uh, has probably one of the most misused verses yep. in the Bible, which is, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. Right? Because it, as you just read, it was about Paul saying that that is true regardless of my circumstances. Wherever God has me, if I'm chained to a wall, mm -hmm. I can have joy and I can persevere through his strength. Exactly. Uh, but we commonly use it, or people commonly use it to finish a marathon or... They use it to say, I'll be able to do anything that I want to do, which is yes. the exact opposite of what the point is. Yes. The actual point is, wherever I am put, I will have the strength. Mm. Yes. Not whatever I'm trying to do. So I think that, that that's a great example of the uh, give us this day our daily food or our daily needs. Yes. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's what he knows we need, not what we are expecting yes. or what we want. I love the way that we had made that um, that tie to the Old Testament, where you know you actually think you were the one that brought up the connection with um, with manna being provided every single day, but you don't store it up. 
Right. If you if you try to store it up, mm-hmm. it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's a a way for God for all of us even today to lead us daily um, into into His blessing um, and not not miss the blessing of being able to rely upon him at every moment. I think that was the whole point of of the whole story about the manna. Right. And that was during a time when the Israelites were in a place where they had to trust God Mm -hmm. day by day. Of course, they didn't, but they were in a position where they should have been because day by day they were being led through the wilderness. What what stood out to you, Gene? Mine's a little different. I think... You know the beginning of of um, you know what we looked at. Um, you know Jesus is um, all the way up in verse one, even though we didn't do that in chapter six. You know Jesus says, "Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you'll lose your reward. Uh, when you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do. You know, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and and on the street." And then he says, you've received a reward that you're going to get. And then later in verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. I tell you the truth, that, all, that is all the reward they will get. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do, repeating words over and over again. And then when we come to the fasting part, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. And he says it again, that basically that's your reward. So there's a there's an interesting dynamic here that Jesus is, is saying over and over again, which is don't do it to be seen. Don't do these things for mm-hmm. others to watch you. That's your reward. Right. And it's very interesting. Warren Buffett said not too long ago that America has become a society where we value being famous over anything. Mm. And I'm thinking, here's Jesus saying exactly the opposite of that. He's saying... When you pray, when you fast, when you give, when you serve, you shouldn't be doing it for other people to see you because if you're doing it for others to see you, that's your reward. On the flip side, when we go privately and we serve and we privately pray and we privately fast, the reward is is God. Hmm. And so being able to help people understand that Again, this is a relational thing. It's not a ritual thing. And so to help people realize that, hey, this is going to help build your relationship, that's the reward. And and if we could learn not to do things for the pat on the back, mm-hmm. but to do them because our relationship with God will, and not even do it for God to say, hey, let me let me pat you on the back. But in, in essence, you're doing it because you want intimacy with God. If we could kind of teach that to people, then maybe prayer would take on a different importance for people. Mm. Because I think the, you know, I mean, I know I've heard it, and I'm, I'm assuming you guys have as well, is that people talk about not hearing from God and their prayers don't hit the ceiling and, you know, they just don't feel really connected to God. Well, look at how this is being... Uh, presented to you by Christ and say, hey, take an honest look. Are you acting more like a hypocrite or are you really trying to connect with God? Because, you know, God's not trying to hide himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be found. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that may be the other other question to ask yourself is, what reward am I expecting? 
you know, expectations of things. Mm-hmm. What's the reward I'm expecting? Because it says there'll be one. I bet it's probably something that you need more than what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. usually it's probably not going to be what you think it's going to be. It's going to be something even better. It's going to be something deeper. It's going to be something that's more life changing. To where, as the Bible says, taste of the Lord and see that He's good. You taste of Him and you see Him, and you'll want more of Him. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, you know, let me see how many Facebook likes I'm going to get because I did something for everybody to see. Right. Or even telling my coworkers or my friends or whatever instead of realizing. I'm doing this unto the Lord. So I thought it was interesting that he, Jesus did not mix his words. He was very blunt. When you're using words like hypocrite and babble, you know, people babbling on, he wasn't, you know, people who are like, oh, Jesus was just a really nice guy. That's that's pretty (laughs) tough because if you're sitting there and he's saying hypocrite and don't babble like the Gentiles do, I mean, he, he was being very blunt, but he was also saying, but here's the... Here's the other side. Mm-hmm. You, like what Doug said, you have a Father in Heaven who knows what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So go to Him like this. Right. And yeah, Jesus embodied having compassion for someone, mm-hmm. but not pulling any punches with what mm-hmm. the truth was. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that really bothers me. That I'm going on a side tangent Uh-oh. now, but that's all right. What, what really bothers me when I watch films where Jesus is in the film, mm-hmm. like very typically Jesus is... Per- portrayed as this sort of passive, mm-hmm. soft Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's not the Jesus of the gospel. That's not no. the Jesus that we see in the Bible. And so you're right. In here, he's saying, you know, this is the right way to do it. Um, and I think that you are right in the sense uh, of this reward idea being God is the reward. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to check our motives when we go into a time of prayer, when we go into a time of fasting. We have to check our motives, and sometimes we're not good at checking our motives. So we have to ask God to search our hearts. You know, search my heart, O Lord, and show me anything that offends you, because sometimes we're not the best judge of that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, I'll admit, I've gone into prayer times or times of fasting and like wanting a specific result other than intimacy with God. Right. And that doesn't usually mm-hmm. bear the kind of fruit. Now, that doesn't mean we can't bring petitions before God. He right. wants us to do that. But like, what's your motive in prayer? And I think that that's what the hypocrite thing is about. What's your motive? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get position? Are you trying to show off? I think we've all been in circles, and I'm going to get in trouble, but that's all right. We're in a lock studio. <laughs> the, the, you know, We've all been in times of corporate prayer where the person praying like it feels very much like it's more about them right, than right. it is about connecting with Christ. And I may have been that person from time to time, but I think that that's what we're being asked to do, yeah. which leads me to what stuck out to me the most. Yes. And I think we talked about this in the second week, but the idea of the balance between having an intimate conversation with God and reverence for his holiness. And that comes right at the beginning of the model in verse 9, where he says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a focus on his reverence and his holiness and his goodness before we enter the equation. (laughs) And truly, we should only be entering the equation with that reverence and that understanding, because that's what makes the intimacy possible. 
And that is what that is what has really stuck out to me in this series is this idea that we have an intimate, close relationship with the God of the universe, with the creator of the universe, with someone who is completely holy and majestic and good. And I think that I sometimes approach God much too casually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be intimate, but not casual. And so I think what I've taken away from it is this idea of this awe, this reverence, um, and approaching God as if we understand his reverence, which I don't think we fully can, but we can approach it. We can move toward it. We can be cognizant of wanting to move toward his holiness and reverence, realizing that we're on holy ground when we're addressing God. And that is what has stuck out to me Mm. the most. That's good. And I think that that leads us back to the idea of fasting. And like you said, there's a, there's a very distinct pattern of not being a hypocrite when you fast, not being a hypocrite when you are praying. And we see Jesus do both in the wilderness. And our plan originally was to just go through this little section, verses 16 through 18, and sort of break it down and do a podcast on fasting. But as we talked about it more, we realized, wow, there's a, there's a lot to unpack about fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we decided is we are going to close out this series on prayer and sort of attack fasting as its own thing, yeah. right? Yep. So starting next week, we're going to have a brand new podcast series, and we're going to spend a few weeks talking about fasting, about the experience, about different ways to fast, about how to prepare yourself for fasting, um, and what to be looking for when you're fasting. So we're going to start that series next week, and we're really, really excited about that. But we would encourage you, uh, until then, go through this teaching on prayer and fasting again. It's not very many verses. Sit down, read through it. It's Matthew 6, starting in verse 5 down through verse 18. And if you wanted to, you could even start back in chapter 6, verse 1, where, Gene, you drew from a mm-hmm. few minutes ago, and yes. just just read that first part of chapter 6. But it's such a powerful thing to know that we are able to come before God and approach Him, and we shouldn't take it lightly. So we want to encourage you, spend time in that passage, and when we come back next week, we're going to start to unpack a little bit more about this fasting and, and how powerful it is in terms of connecting with the creator of the universe. Well, do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Father, I'm just thankful for your desire to teach us and to be with us, Lord, your uh, willingness to strive with us. Um, I often wonder uh, how long you were trying to get my attention before I started paying attention. And... Um, Father, I'm glad that you never gave up. And I'm glad that all the uh, people who are listening today, that you're not giving up on them either. And that through prayer, uh, the way that you teach us and through fasting, we can have that intimacy with you that I believe uh, we're all looking for. We may be looking for it in the wrong places. So, Father, I pray that, that you'll meet each person as they approach you. And, Lord, that you will... Um, lead them into a a closer walk with you and that we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise for that. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement for you as you grow in your prayer life, or if you would just like to connect with us at Brookwood Care Ministries, you can call us at 864-688-8355, or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash care. I was supposed to end. You're not supposed to end. Oh, I'm sorry. Josh needed to steal the show at the end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me! <laughs> I forgot. I forgot you were. It was ending. on my birthday too, and he stole. Oh. Hey, that's okay. We can re-record that end. It's still it rolling. Perfect. Totally it's perfect. No, I'm hitting the space button.